Please listen carefully. What happens when I lend my books to Shannon? I find dirt in the weirdest spots. Shannon, <laughs> I know you're not listening. <laughs> why? Why is she? What's she doing with the books? Like she's she's just... the kind of gal that will like eat while reading like this. <laughs> once I once I was reading her Harry Potter books and there was a full cornflake stuck to a pan. What's up, sisters? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone and Their Sister. I'm Christina. I'm Natasha. And I'm Stephanie. And for our episode today, we come with a warning. Please make sure you lock up your valuables and you hang on to your butts because we're going to be talking all about heists. I am so, I was so genuinely excited for this episode from the moment it was like, oh, let's do heist. And we initially planned to do this episode in December, but then Steph was like, oh, what if we do this other thing in December after we had already approved the episode topics? I'm not bitter about that. So it was like, fine, that is a good idea. So we'll move this episode to January. But then it just kind of kept getting moved because other things made more sense to do earlier. So I've been waiting for heists basically since we started this podcast. And now we're finally here and I can't wait. I realized as you were talking about this and as we were all getting excited for it there is possibly nothing i love more than a group of deeply damaged criminals who work alone getting together to do crime and along the way the real heist that they pulled off was in their love for each other their little found family oh love it uh before we get into our episode i'm gonna ask uh have any of you guys ever pulled off any successful heists what have you stolen before what are your cons? Out yourself. Do I say I mean, this in a public setting? I would have to kill you. <laughs> Dig deep. I here, let me let me set the tone. When I was thinking about how to start off this episode, I was like, there's only one thing that I will would I would willingly admit to. <laughs> um that I'm not actively engaged in. Uh no, no, I'm not doing any crimes. What are you talking about? Uh, I was working at a bookstore that sold things that weren't books. And my job was to set up displays. And sometimes in setting up displays, you find shit that people just like throw wherever. And then you go bring them back to the place they are. You do, you take backs. And one time someone left, you remember those those bug eye stuffed animals? Where yeah. they're like really, really small, but they have these giant fucking eyes. Someone left, I guess, I, I guess that's what they're called. Someone left a fucking donkey one in a random like display of like glasses or some shit like that and i remember picking it up and i was like first of all this thing is fucking adorable but i can't like i don't have space for it so i put him as a joke in my pocket with his donkey head like poking out of my pocket and his little arms poking out and i would be like oh this is who i'm working with today because i used to work at 5 a.m and i used to not sleep at all because i would do homework in between the hours of like 2 a.m. to when I had to start work. So I never made sense when I was working at that bookstore at all. So I used to do stupid shit like that. And I just forgot who was in there. And then I just left the store having taken him out. And to this day, I still own that fucking donkey. He is sitting on my bookshelf, <laughs> chilling in a fucking, uh, like, you know, those New York coffee cup takeout containers. He's chilling in one of those. We love him. Uh, he's a member of the family, but I also liked it because I feel like that's the energy you need to go into with the heist, where you walk out, like, you don't even remember that you did anything wrong. You just, you steal that $11 Beanie Boo, uh, and you don't worry about it. I think my favorite type of, uh, I guess we'll call them, we'll call them a heist, is uh, food heists. 
Ooh. I love I'm like I'm the type to take Terry's yogurt. Like I will take it. <laughs> not not maybe <laughs> maybe not at work or something, but if I see something like if I see like a little drink in the fridge and nobody's been drinking it for like two weeks, I'm like, that's my drink now. <laughs> Ooh, so I think we're I think what we're finding out because we know that Nat has a sister. I think oh. I can already hear the arguments. Absolutely. <laughs> and this is why this is why we both label things because we both take from each other. <laughs> I was going to say something truly illegal, but I'm not going to say that because you never know who's listening. But the heist that I'm going to talk about is I also have a sister and me stealing a piece of clothing without letting her know. And then coming home before her, hiding the the item in my room, waiting, waiting and biding my time for her to leave her room, go out with her friends, and then putting that thing back where it was without her knowing. That is the skill level that I... for her like i'm so she did the same to me (laughs) so it's fine (laughs) nothing burns my ass more than she my sister would put on a shirt that i hadn't even worn oh that to me i'm furious my sister did that to me with this one shirt i like bought specifically for work and i was like it's beautiful it's like a white little collared number with a bit of sparkle in it and i saw her wearing it when i was like i swear i bought that same shirt and i never found it again four months four months I still think about that. God. Never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> and with our, just so that, because I want to set the stage. And now with our stakes heists out of the way, uh, let's talk about some where the stakes were maybe a little bit higher. Just Steph, a touch. What is your heist pick? <laughs> um, uh, I'm picking a book series that is duology for being specific. Uh, that's going to be turned into a Netflix series on Netflix. Double said Netflix. Uh, it's coming out in April and I'm picking Six of Crows by Leah, Leah Bardugo. I think Leah, Leah, Leah Bardugo. We, we all know who I'm talking about. You've seen the cover. You've seen this book. I'm holding up this book to them right now. It has a black uh, paper. What is it? What is this called? Book people. Dust jacket? No. What's oh. oh, like a painted edge. Yes, a black painted edge. Um, but it's on the theme of found families because guess what? The best part of a heist is you have six is it six? One, two, yeah, six uh loners what what are they called? Uh desperados, people on their own coming together to form a found family to get this heist going. Um, so Six of Crows, I wrote it out because <laughs> I forgot what it was about. Uh, they must first break into a heavily guarded prison, smuggle out a convict. and So it was a heist within a heist. And then help. And with his help, the, the guy they stole from the jail, they will attempt to break into an ice court, a place that has never been breached, and get their hands on a lot of money. But the cast of characters are as follows, which work the thing about i find when you have a lot of characters like you don't kind of don't care or you don't get enough information about their backstory for you to care about them more but this one had the perfect amount of backstory and then forward plot which is what i like to see so we have kaz think of him as peaky blinders the main guy in peaky blinders (laughs) he he likes to wear a suit he has a cane because he hurt his leg and he's kind of known as the criminal master behind criminal mastermind behind everything uh then you have inez Inej, Inej. Uh, she was an acrobat. She was sold into uh, basically a, sl- a slave, but sold into what are they called? <laughs> Brothels. There we go. <laughs> one of those days. Um, and she, like, maybe there's something flirty going on between her and Kaz. Who's to say? 
Then you have Nina, who is uh, her. She has she's magical. This is in a magical world. If you, it's part of the Grisha trilogy, which I didn't really love, and this is better. But like, you may need. So everyone has like special abilities. Her, she's a heart render, so she has uh, magical powers over that specific type of body. Does that make sense, Nat? Yeah. Also, she's plus size. She's plus size. She loves food. She loves waffles specifically. Uh, and she's kind of like the heart and joy of the whole cast of characters. Then you have Matthias. Matthias. Himbo. Matthias. He's a himbo. He's a straight up himbo. Um, literally, that's all you need to know. Himbo, blonde, has a like super uh, strict in his beliefs, which are going to be changing because maybe because of Nina. I don't know. Then you have Jesper, who he's a delight. He He's like the Klaus of the of the of the group delightful loves chloe he has joy uh he's he brings the comic relief and then you have wyland sweet baby wyland <laughs> who maybe there's a romance between jesper and wyland <laughs> who's to say i'm un- it's unclear to me um but so that so this ragtag bunch of people they each have their own point of view as you go through this whole story and then they're working together to put out this heist and i was so impressed about how this all came together that i was like you know what i am in ties <laughs> what do you mean i haven't read a heist in a long time and this book i didn't pick this book up series initially because i was like eh, i didn't really care for the grisha trilogy but everyone on the interwebs was like this is so good everyone needs to read it and guess what they were right <sighs> which is such a pain in the ass sometimes but now because of it now we have a netflix series coming in april which as re- I'm really interested to see because they're mi- they're mushing Grisha trilogy with Six of Crows and then putting them together because there is some overlap, but the timeline is not the same. So I wonder how they're gonna pull that off. I mean, like I think they're gonna be showing like Kaz Inej and like some of the group, not all of them, because Nina would have been on her own at that point, and Matthias would have been on his own at that point too. In the Grisha trilogy, they were doing their own thing. But I feel like they're going to show like the initial group doing their own thing on the side, and then they're probably going to eventually go into the events of Six of Crows slash Crooked Kingdom, which happened after the Grisha trilogy, right? Like that's what I'm, makes the most sense. <laughs> I'm looking at a map, so they're in different countries in the same in the same universe sure. world. So that's I'm really like okay, selfishly I'm like if this does well, we're going to get so many more of this. I'm pumped about it, but like it's the same thing about Bridgerton can they do it bridgerton did do it i think success successfully but like you guys know we have some troubles with it but this i'm excited ya series huge netflix series so many cast of characters i think there's probably a character everyone's gonna like because there's so many to choose from i feel like i'm more worried about what they do with the darkling because i'm like that's Mm -hmm. um, that's some toxic shit there so Darkling is part of the other children. He's like a big, the big, he, the villain of the story, but he's played by Ben Barnes, which you know those teens are going to be <laughs> salivating over. And it's like, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, because I really want to read Six of Crows. I just haven't had a chance to get to it yet, but I've been trying to figure out for when the show comes out, should I read the book before the show? Or do I want to try to keep some of the surprise, watch the show, and then plow through the book so that i know everything that's gonna happen i know for a fact you're not gonna like the grisha trilogy (laughs) but you're gonna like six of crows because they're all morally great characters and they're the most interesting put together in one book so i you could 
It depends how good the series is. So maybe we... I think I have a feeling the series is going to go in a different direction with a lot of things. And I think it's not going to be the same as... Like, I think you can read the books, but I don't think it's going to make a difference for how you watch the show. That's my personal thing. But I think it's only based on, like, what we see happens with, like, any book that becomes a show, especially on Netflix now. Like, learning from, like, what they've done before. It's never going to be one of those things where it's probably required anymore. Because I think they're kind of better than certain like it's not going to be like I feel like with like certain shows on certain networks sometimes you do need to do that reading ahead of time but like I feel like Netflix does a good thing where they're like we're just going to do this on its own as if nobody has to read it and if people read the book that's their own prerogative like I think Netflix has been good about that previously I think they do the same thing with Bridgerton right like it's but I don't know. Maybe it depends on the writers, I guess, too. I guess, like, technically Leigh Bardugo is writing this one, isn't she? With, like, the help of others? Mm, I don't think so. She's not writing it? Okay. She so might be a consultant or a producer. I'm excited, though. The, the premise of, like, Six of Crows, Can't Speak to the Grease Trilogy, I know it exists. I have read nothing about it. <laughs> I just know that Six of Crows, I'm like, oh, I do really want to read that. I do know that I would love it. I think you can yeah. read like spoilers for the Grisha trilogy and just like get. Yeah, the if you got a recap, yeah, if you got a recap yeah. of it, you could go straight into this like, beautiful. I, I personally wouldn't recommend reading all of the the Grisha trilogy because I also didn't like it. That's it. I'm excited about it. I decided to see a good YA series come to life. I'm putting good there because personally, I thought this was well done. Uh, if you like reading about heists and you haven't picked this up, definitely recommend it. Also, honorable mention, uh, Heist Society by Ali Cotter. It's a Disney Hyperion published book. Uh, <laughs> and it's also really well done. I think this heist is, again, right tag bunch of people coming together, but it's a family business. Uh, and they're, I think they're trying to steal either a diamond or a painting. I think it might be a painting in this one. But also really excellent. Quick read. Excellent. And that's it. I'm done. All right. So my heist pick, of course, I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. Just there's just a couple. (laughs) It's just just a a tiny little bit. Um, And I'm only thinking about this because I as some people may know, I have been rewatching all of the MCU. So like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I pretty much finished watching last night and the top of mind thing was the time heist of Endgame, which was like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. But also I quite enjoyed the time heist. And then like based on that, I was like, what are some other like little things that I watched that just have a heist but aren't fully about heists? And of course I have to give that mention to the Halloween heists of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All of them. They're all great. I love every single one of those episodes. So good. So my actual pick is a Netflix show. I'm kind of glad this uh, our heist episode did get delayed because it means that I had time to watch this very brand new Netflix TV show called Lupin or Lupin, <laughs> depending on which accent you're using. Um, it's based on the novels or I guess like series by this French author, Maurice Leblanc. Uh, it's called Arsène Lupin. Um And it was adapted previously into a very well-loved anime. I think it's got, like, five parts, and they're all, like, 23 episodes long. Like, it's hundreds of episodes. Like, it's a lot. There's like an anime? It was an anime. It's called Lupin the Third. Um, And they have, like, various versions of that. There's 12 movies for it already in the anime. Wow. (laughs) 
So just a little bit of a background, like I have seen many of these. And like, so I'm very familiar with the content of the books, even though I haven't read the books, which I do kind of want to read them now. But if you haven't watched the anime, see any of the adaptations, basically this book by Maurice LeBlanc is essentially the antihero to Sherlock Holmes. This is like a, a gentleman thief, if you will, um, who is kind of like our original leverage. We talked about leverage in an episode. It's editing christina just popping into this episode for a quick moment to say yes natasha we did talk about leverage in an episode and while it has been weeks i'm still just as mad as i was when we recorded it that you did not remember that i was the one that recommended that show to you thank you very much back to our regularly scheduled episode it's a thief doing good things for good people against bad people in power, essentially. That's the whole concept. And that's what I love about it. We love to see it. And so Lupin or Lupin, <laughs> the Netflix show, is based on that loosely because it's a story that follows a professional thief named uh, Asan Diop, the only son of an immigrant from Senegal who came to France to seek a better life for his child, Asan. Um, they actually start off the very first episode of the first part of the first season. So this is really confusing, guys. Very layered. Netflix was like, we're going to release a first season, but we're going to divide it into two parts. And I was like, oh, hey, I did not know that going in. (laughs) They're absolutely trying to stretch out that quarantine content. They're like, just in case, just in case. Yeah, We're going back to season 1A, season 1B. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding? And like the, the first part of the first season, five episodes just five episodes i i was like what what are you trying to do to me are you trying to kill me is this <laughs> anyway they start off the very first episode with a heist that takes place at the louvre and it's hilarious it's so so good it's classic it has like all like the classic elements you want of a heist um Asan, of course, is opposing as a janitor at some point and then a millionaire. And you're like, this guy doesn't seem like he has any resources when you're going because you're like, oh, he's just a janitor because you have you have no idea about Asan at this point. Like, you're just like, I don't I don't know what he's about. So you're like, oh, there's they're going to do a quick background check. They're going to catch him. Something's going to go wrong. No, this man has it down. He has it. He's got his freaking Wikipedia page. He has like, wow. his workplace. like, I was amazed when I was watching. And I don't know why I was so shocked. I guess like I just didn't think it would be this good. And I was just like, oh, damn, it's good. It's real good. And I like absolutely lost my mind after that first episode because I had no idea why he was doing this, what was going on. He's doing a heist to steal a diamond necklace. And this diamond necklace is essentially like the whole center of everything because you learn after that his father was actually framed for the theft of that necklace and this whole story is about him getting revenge and that is what i want to see that is Mm -hmm. what i want to see in a heist tv show like i want to know more about this evil powerful wealthy hubert pellegrini or whatever and how his (laughs) son is gonna come at him and he's like you you left you left me like this you took my father away from he's like no no i'm gonna get you where it hurts and he does that But what is really exciting about this show is it's not just like a one man who's like out for revenge on another powerful man. Like it's like you get to see more into his life. He's got like a very built out life. You find out about his family within the first episode again. He has a son. He has like an ex, not wife. I don't think they ever got married. So it's very modern France. (laughs) It's like, oh, a modern French relationship. I'm into this. 
but like they like he has like a family that he like supports and loves and like is very close with like it's not like a very like toxic man sort of situation where i'm like i have problems and my family hates me it's more like my family loves me and i'm a great guy <laughs> like it's just there's something so refreshing about it and then you like meet his best friend who helps him a lot and it's just like such a like a nice relationship everything about it like even though like he's dealing with this terrible person who like destroyed his childhood you're like oh my god i love this show so much like there's something so heartwarming about it at the same time even though you're like oh my god is he gonna make it during this heist or this heist or whatever um but yeah i very much enjoy the execution of this show i think much better than the anime obviously <laughs> and I liked, I really like the way he adapted it I think in the show they basically have the um Arsene Lupin like books in there and he's a huge fan of the books like he was given the books by his father and so he read all of them and he he makes his person his thief persona after Arsene Lupin and that's why it's called Lupin so it's based on like that that's who he's imitating he's like imitating genius or whatever in like the thievery ways and so I really enjoyed how they adapted it I think they did such a good job I need part two I heard a rumor it's coming out in April that's quick I need it now (laughs) like I just as soon as I finished episode five I was like I stayed up all night for it like I was like I'm gonna watch two episodes and I'm gonna go to bed no no 4 a.m 4 a.m I was like (laughs) where is the second part I'm pissed that they only gave you five episodes I'm not even gonna start it till it's done but it's good but then if it's 10 episodes isn't that too long for you (sighs) you make a valid point but I could do 10 I can do 10. Six is my sweet spot. Six I can do in a day. Ten is like a week-ish. I just... Oh, guys, it was so that just, good. That all just sounds like... Everything about it just sounds mm-hmm. like it's so good. I think what can never be understated is gentlemen criminals. Mm-hmm. Just the... Honestly, at the core, just the concept of dressing up to do crime. Ugh. Ugh. Flowing yeah. coats, diamonds. That, also, new, can, that slow-mo strut, you know that's going to happen. The the actor that plays um, Asan, I think his name is Omar C. Omar C, it's like S-Y. Beautiful, beautiful man. I was just like, okay, okay, yeah, give me him in a suit. Give me him in a janitor's outfit. I will take any of those combinations. <laughs> He's got range. It's just, yeah, it was just a very refreshing show, but I think everyone will like, I think like hands down, it's like one of like the better things I've watched so far this year, but I haven't watched a lot. You know, it's interesting because this is a French show. I haven't watched many French shows on Netflix. I've like dabbled in Korean dramas, dabbled in some German, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like French, unexplored territory. It was a good way to like really hit it out of the park because it's such, I didn't realize how big Lupin was in France like I guess it's obviously almost exactly like Sherlock there like it's crazy like they have like they they talk about it in the show a little bit but there's like a city people go to on like like a (laughs) a celebratory event or whatever like a festival for Lupin so like it's, it's really interesting to see like how obsessed people are with it um and like I feel like it's probably like really familiar for people in France, but also like really exciting for people outside of it because they're like, oh, what's not intriguing about this, obviously. But I have seen quite a few French shows on Netflix. I think The Revenants was one of them, wasn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I also really like sort of what you're saying about how he's just very competent. Because I do think that a heist, anything can go one of two directions. They genuinely pull off a very well done, well researched heist. And you can watch all the prep work and you can be into it because of that. Or you can have the heist where like you're spending the whole time enjoying it because you're like, here's all the things I would have done better. Like you're low-key yelling at the main characters to be like, be smarter. (laughs) But you also want them to make it because we should always support criminals like steal from rich people please. <laughs> like so it's so like i'm just thinking of locked down in particular right now where it was like oh they were so bad at that heist yeah you were like the whole time i was like i just i know that you're amateurs but i watch a heist movie because i want people to prepare for a heist but it was still really good but i i love a i i did that moment when a heist goes off well and they show you the inner workings of it and they show you like here's how we did it that is one of the most satisfying feelings in content that you could get like when you for this one i think it's like really hard like sometimes you watch a movie and they'll like show you the inner workings of the heist but you're like you have no background for why they know how to do something and i feel like for this show you definitely get some of that like you get some of his Mm -hmm. childhood and stuff like that and what happened after his father was arrested and i very much enjoyed that um and how he like essentially prepared himself for this moment like this was like a time like i don't know if he's pulled other heists in between i'm excited to find out <laughs> like what's more attractive than someone good at their job <laughs> you know that the epitome of someone good at their job is a heist it's so oh my um, God, just competence and dressing well like that's, that's really what it is that gets me going that gets me hot and bothered all the time <laughs> Is that such a tall, tall ask? Like, is it like good at your job and know how to dress? <laughs> like, I'm not asking yet, for much. And yet, <laughs> a lot of people don't meet that minimum. <laughs> Lord. Uh, but anyway, that is my pick. Uh, recommend everybody watch it because I would like to talk about it even more. And um, yeah, Christina, what's your pick? All right. Well, I'm very sorry for the 11,000 honorable mentions I have because (laughs) this is one where just, I think I said this recently about the based on a true story. I had a lot of options for that one too. But when I was looking up like, oh, what are some based on a true stories to like jog my memory? I also saw a lot of things I had never seen before that I was able to add on my list of stuff to watch in the future. Looking up (laughs) movies and TV shows based on heist, I was like, I've watched every single one of these. I learned about literally nothing new so apologies i've seen every single heist movie ever single ever made in my entire life and i'm just gonna run you through some of my tops uh i would like to give an honorable shout out some mentions they came in at like second to like 10 uh first of all set it off very underrated i think it was like 98 or something like that queen latifah is in it four black women do a bunch of bank robbery jobs and i did not pick set it off because it does not have a happy ending and so while it was still, it's still honestly great movie, deserves a lot of the respect that it gets. It's a really good movie to just watch and enjoy. Uh, I did not pick it for this one because the ending makes you sad. But Queen Latifah is in it and just that alone, it's a win. Widows is a very underrated heist movie that not enough people talked about. And if you were lucky enough to be in a theater when you watched Widows, you were peak, okay? Because I will never forget being in widows is the movie by the way it's a stephen queen movie with viola davis as the main character and there is a reveal in widows that if you are in a theater a dead silent theater you hear literally what like a hundred people gasp all at once 
And that is the kind of like movie theater event that I am missing the most in quarantine. I think about Widows and I'm like, I'm so happy I got to watch that movie in the theater. Uh, Move over, fucking tenant guy. Nobody cares about you. This is a movie that I was like, yeah, you should absolutely see that in a theater. Uh, I'm still on honorable shoutouts. Every single Pierre Despero episode of Psych is its own beautiful mini heist. All of those are great. It has, again, The Gentleman Criminal, but it does it in such a perfect way. We love it. White Collar, okay? White Collar was a show where every episode was a fucking heist, and Matt Bomber was the main character. So what a visual moment for the senses. That's that's what introduced me to Matt Bomber. Like, I was, like, obsessed with him because of that show. That was his, like, big deal. And, oh, my God, again... Uh, gentlemen just men dressing up to do crimes okay that's really what it was and every so often he'd run into a woman from his past and if she ever dressed up to do crimes oh it was just perfect beautiful i gotta give it to the ocean series i don't care what anybody says even oceans eight that show introduced for me the concept of learning how to love a heist and like what that was like that was my first moment of like this is amazing i want everything like this and i think i've been chasing that high from the moment you find out that they're in a high like the how the heist works in oceans 11 my entire life (laughs) but and oh and also money heist what a great i've talked about that one so i won't talk about anymore the money heist casa de papel if you haven't already watched it throw that shit up on netflix right now great quarantine watch starts with a heist goes straight into it yeah it really does it's called money heist in english like come on now, despite the many amazing things I just listed, somehow what I have ended up picking <laughs> is Now You See Me. And it's as I say it in this list and I'm like, I can't believe I fucking picked this yeah. <laughs> when I just listed everything else that I listed. But I'm going to say this. Now You See Me has not just heist, but it has magic. And am I a bitch? Yes. Because I am weak for this kind of shit constantly. Not only does it give you the like, serotonin release of here's how they pulled off the heist it's also here's how they pulled off the magic trick okay double serotonin hits <laughs> now you see me for somebody anybody who has missed it is the story of these four magicians who call them who like they're and again it's that found family bullshit like it's so perfect for this mm-hmm. they all work on their own they're all different kinds of magicians but they get end up getting pulled together to pull off a massive magic trick, which is actually just a giant heist, essentially, on this one guy's bank account. And they call themselves the Four Horsemen, and they're attempting to get into this, like, secret society for magicians, which is, like, absolutely the kind of shit I want to hear about. It's so cringe, but the movie is so ridiculous that it really does work. I was going to say, it's uh, so cringy, but it, oh, so much joy. Yeah. As I'm talking about it, I was like, I watched Now You See Me Too last night, my guys. Okay? <laughs> last night I watched it. And I'm talking about this and I still really fucking liked it. And Mark Ruffalo is in this movie as the FBI agent that is trying to track them down because they're criminal. They're like, they're thieves, but they're pulling it off as if they're doing magic tricks. So somehow that's different. And it just, it all comes together. It's a hot fucking mess. The actors in this, what? It's like Jesse Eisenberg, um, fucking, uh, what's his name? Um, Woody Harrelson. Uh, Dave Franco's also in it. And honestly, not enough props. Isla Fisher in the first one. 
easily the best. She's replaced in the second one because uh, she was, I think she was either pregnant or she just had a baby. And she almost died in the filming of the first movie. So I don't blame her for not wanting to be in the second. So they end up replacing her with, I can't remember her name, but someone was also great. But it's just, I think Now You See Me is just one of those movies where you genuinely walk away feeling joy. Like, it's just a good fucking time. And there is something very nice and comforting about watching Morgan Freeman (laughs) just try to, like, solve how they're pulling off all their little crimes um, while he's also low-key, like, trolling Mark Ruffalo's character as, as, like, Mark Ruffalo tries to be this, like, incompetent FBI detective and it has a really good reveal I saw something recently that was like oh it was a terrible reveal or it was a terrible plot twist and I was like you're fucking incorrect I don't know why you dislike joy but you're incorrect this was a good reveal this is a solid movie and in the second one they have this the dumbest scene in the fucking world they are trying to steal essentially a playing card because the playing card has a microchip in it from this super lockdown facility and it's the four of them and they're getting frisked and they're trying to prove they don't have the playing card on it so in the process of all of them getting frisked they're passing the card back along to each other through like magical fucking throwing tricks that they just know like this is not real magic i was gonna add like this scene is like a meme i see every week on instagram like it's constantly people are posting it and it's so long it's like three minutes it's so long it's absurd it's up there is no pretense in these movies that these are things that anybody could actually pull off at all there is an element where i feel like whoever writes this a little bit believes in real magic but at the same time when you're actually watching it oh is it fucking satisfying is it so satisfying for her to like flick that she's the dude is sliding up her arm trying to see if she's got a card as he's sliding up her arm she's pushing the card up her arm putting it into the back of her hair and then using her other hand to flip it to woody harrelson behind her who magics it into a hat or some shit so pointless so good again if you just want to feel good watch it this is in the sequel stuff okay i've never seen these movies they're so okay i remember i did not watch these in theater because i was like adamant that they'd be terrible i watched the first one like a couple years ago and i was like why is this so fucking amazing it's because it's like it's an easy it's an easy injection of joy right into your into your brain but i realized like that satisfaction of not being caught is a lot of it because like i what was i watching the other day but like somebody got caught with something and i was so disappointed like i know they got out of it eventually but i was so disappointed that they weren't able to disguise themselves oh i was watching ant-man 2 ant-man 2 (laughs) and they get caught with the giant building as a baby building the like the mini like a laboratory and i was like why didn't you just heist that (laughs) The whole time I was enraged, even though I knew they were going to get out of it. I was like, no, no, you should have done the heist from the beginning. Girl, when I tell you, you said that you refused to watch this in theaters. Not only did I watch this in theaters, I watched Now You See Me opening night. Let, let me be clear. <laughs> I know who I am. And I heard what I heard what Now You See Me was about. And I had I had the tickets booked with friends. I was like, this is where we're going. I'm going to be there at 8.30. You're welcome to purchase a ticket and join me if you would like. But I will be there. Now You See Me too. I can't believe it. We were in New York City, okay? I was on a trip with friends. We were going through 
there is there are two movie theaters across the street from each other in Times Square that are open super super late and so we because it was like 11 and weirdly things actually close in Manhattan very early so we went to go watch Now You See Me 2 at 11 30 p.m in a movie theater in Times Square and it was one of the best days Uh, I love it I love it I could rewatch this movie right now. I do. I you absolutely should watch them, Steph. Again, just because they're not hard. There's mm-hmm. nothing about this difficult. And you're absolutely right, Nat. The thrill of the getaway. Like I think we all know this at this point. Cops are pointless. They're also criminals, but not in the way that you want to support them. So anytime anyone pulls something over on a cop, mm, it's the same delicious way, same way you would pull one over on your sister for stealing her clothes same thing i mean the hive when they're getting away and you get that montage of like pure joy that's what i that's what i want to see that's what i need right now mm-hmm. get me out of that funk. and then again found family when they all realized they were like oh we were gonna we were never gonna do another job together we just came together for this job but then they grew close they realized they are stronger and better thieves together and like obviously i'm just gonna guess maybe there's some romance there because some people get closer together than others because of course as i'm saying this too literally a line that i saw last night and now you see me too is i was born with the wrong family but i am leaving with the fam like with the right one with the one that i chose what really drove me crazy about the first one is when they're first doing the four horsemen thing it's like a huge like social media gimmick too right like people are expecting them there's all these crowds and i kept imagining that like in a real world and how nobody would respond to them and for some reason that was killing me the entire time i was watching because i was like imagine if this happened for real like nobody people would be like who the fuck are these people oh i don't actually i don't agree with you because i think people love magic like here's the thing nobody wants to see a magician in person let's be clear if i am just at a dinner party and you're like oh i do card tricks i don't want to see them but that kind of like oh i can stay away from the cringe but i can watch someone do a magic trick online and i can try to figure out how they do it without having to have the uncomfortable moment of actually being involved in that trick absolutely i think they had the startup funds to pay for the advertising they needed to to get in front of enough faces i think they contacted some influencers and those influencers shared it with their thing and it was compelling enough but that is okay to be fair that is a big problem with social media in tv because i was watching something else the other day that did this where they think that all you need to do is to be good to go viral yeah like emily in paris it's the same thing they're like we'll change her name her username and she'll do a couple of posts and it'll be fine she'll have a million followers it's like what the I was fuck? watching because it's 2021 and I've given up. I was watching Simply Irresistible, <laughs> the one with Sarah Michelle Geller, mm-hmm. and she has a failing restaurant where they're like literally not gonna be able to pay their rent at the end of the month. And then all of a sudden, she magically becomes amazing at cooking, and she goes from having three customers in a day to having a packed restaurant that they like literally are turning people away at the door. And I'm like, how did they find out that your food got good? You, their social media didn't even exist your yelp reviews weren't suddenly going up the doing this movie came out in like oh five maybe like i think if anybody even had a cell phone it was a brick newspaper reviews i don't know what world is this word of mouth work differently then <laughs> uh, but I, I gotta say now you see me steph 
watch it not rewatch it i only watched the sequel because i just needed background thing i might rewatch the original because i miss feeling good <laughs> <laughs> i miss joy <laughs> i miss the high coming from a movie theater out into the daylight or the nighttime and you're full oh, from your popcorn and your hot dog and your drink you're confused about like the timing but it was like normal to be confused about timing then now it's just like and you took a no. journey yeah <laughs> oh when you end up when you accidentally end up in a movie that's longer than you think it is and so you're like yeah. what, what time is it and you're like how is it 11 we went to this movie at 4 p.m but now we experience that every day indoors yeah <laughs> am i okay here's a great thought though am i going to order cineplex delivered just so i can feel the rush of a movie theater again probably and on that note, that is our episode about heists. Uh, I am so glad we got a chance to actually do this. We might even do, we had so many, we each had honorable mentions. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. that's even happened before. Maybe we'll one day do a follow-up episode of this, a heist part two, because heist movies always have a sequel. You know why? Because people love heist movies. So why aren't you making more of them? Mm-hmm. Specifically, why aren't you making a heist movie where a diverse ragtag group of queers, okay, they're all criminals, they're all amazing, they get together, they start stealing artifacts from fucking European and American museums, and they start returning them to the countries that they were pilfered from, okay? That is what I want. That is what I'm waiting for. Please give it to me. That's Netflix. why Shadow and Bone, i.e. Six of Crows, has to focus on the heist. Like, that's all I care about. Give me that more than anything else. It has to be. That's the thing. We've talked about this before. Magic, vampires, criminals. None of those three things are straight. I refuse. Agree. Agree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agree. <laughs> All right. Criminals. Thank you very much. much. As a reminder, just because I don't think we put it up there, my pick somehow was Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. What was my pick, guys? Oh, it was Lupin. 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 Uh, mine was Six of Crows Duology by Elea Bardugo. Which is coming to Netflix as Shadow and Bone. Just want to clarify that because people, they, they switch the name. Shadow and Bone on Netflix, Six of Crows at your local bookstore or, or e-book store. <laughs> I'm looking for sponsors. Let me know. <laughs> just just stuff though on her own. Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us at EatsCast on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what are some of your favorite heists. Also, again, what heists have you successfully pulled off? Uh, we're not snitches. Um, also, I would recommend if you thought this episode was interesting and you also like heist movies, please check out Scam Goddess, which is another podcast, which is really good. That's all about scams. And I feel like is very related to this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. 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 Sorry, I'm getting a call from my mother. So I'm just going to text her. Oh, that was you? I was like, did my phone vibrate? Sorry, it, yeah, I, I, did, I don't even get messages anymore, so I didn't think it would be a problem. No one talks to you but us. <laughs>